This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX, and I'm joined by my vice mayor, my friend, my co-host, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Lots going on in the baseball world, Derek. Is it a lot of there's a there's just so much is it happening? Oh, you're being facetious. I don't think you're being honest with me right now, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know. We have some stuff to talk about. Of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Hoop heads and get down on some NBA action. It's too good to pass up. Uh, and DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA, and new customers right now can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. And that's instantly, it's that simple. Uh, and I'll tell you, the Suns, always a good bet. Last night, uh, we laughed. We laughed about the over-under being set at 13 and a half assists for Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns. And of course, uh, after taking the under, he got 14. Never bet against Chris Paul there. Never bet. Like, never. Never bet against Chris Paul and never bet. Guys named Derek shouldn't bet on national Derek was wrong day. Of course, that's what that day was. Uh, that's come and gone. We don't need to discuss it anymore. But obviously, it was a thorough day. It, the, the wrongness was just from beginning to end. Uh, shout out to our friend Josh Hunt, though, for his amazing collage of images of me. That will most likely be used until the end of time. Long after I'm dead, those images will still be used to express feelings about uh, maybe things I said or uh, feelings that you have in the future. But, of course, what we need to talk about is the here and now. Baseball still not happening. Uh, baseball minicamp apparently uh, is going on for the minor leaguers. Uh, I was going to be out there this week, but they changed the media availability until next week. It appears, though, that they're still starting it. And it kind of makes sense because right now everything is kind of all all over the place for these guys. So as much as we have no idea what's going on, the teams, the players, they don't know what's going on either. They have no idea when this lockout is going to end, when things are going to change. They didn't even know what they were going to be calling uh, this upcoming mini camp you know it's it's minor league mini camp uh training or something like that like it has all sorts of unnecessary words in it so you could tell it was thrown together last minute but they needed to label it something uh in order for it to you know for them to have a way to at least have the non-roster guys which uh includes apparently non-roster invitees cannot uh go to this camp 
Like you have to be just non-roster period, which I don't know if that's working out because I don't know who's out there and who's not out there right now. That's really, that's really strange. I know that uh, Dan Straley, when he signed, he said on his podcast that uh, he thought he would be able to, uh, to report even as a non-roster invitee that he wouldn't be affected in any way. He would show up to Salt River Fields. He probably like knows normal. better than I do. Right. But uh, we, we do know that they can't work out if they are, they can't even work out. They can't do anything, everything that they have to do uh, if they are part of the 40 man roster in any way is completely independent. So uh, I think someone tweeted that to us and I actually confirmed it after our show, but yeah, we cannot. Um, yeah. Uh, th- those guys are out doing their own thing, but the minor league guys are, are in camp and at least uh, some baseball is happening. Right. I mean, that's better than nothing. I I would say so. I would take some baseball over no baseball. I don't know about you, but <laughs> so like, I wonder are is like Lavolo and staff able to be mm. out there? Like, I don't no, think so. They're, they're part I don't of think the, so. Okay. No, just because it's weird, right? I mean, I know, like, I don't know what is and what isn't. Like, when I've talked to people that work for MLB in some roundabout way, they've told us that they aren't able to, you know, like, appear on interviews or anything until this entire situation is over. So, I mean, it feels like you can't talk to anybody, but the D backs media department did confirm for me that when we go out there, we'll be able to talk to the minor league guys. So it'll be great to at least talk some baseball and get their thoughts on some things, even if it's just, you know, their excitement about at least being able to be there at the facility training. Yeah. I mean, this is uh this is what February is supposed to be, right? I supposed mean, February is supposed yeah. to be the time when all of the players, Derek, not just, you know, the minor league guys show up, but all of the players are supposed to be reporting this week. And of course that is, that is not going to be the case, but, but yeah, it is difficult to figure out exactly what is and isn't allowed. And you also know there's a difference between the rules as they've been laid out and what is actually happening in practice, right? Like I think, I think technically the rules that are set out are that, you know, major league players can't have any contact right now with team employees, right? So like their coaches and whatnot, like that's the official rule, but like, does that really mean that, you know, a player who's had Tori Lovello's phone number for six years, like can't send him a text right. message all of a sudden, like right. there's a reasonable limit to what that, what those kinds of rules actually accomplish. Sure, and that sure. makes it really hard to figure out exactly what is and isn't happening right now. It makes me wonder if the players are organizing something together as a group, even though they can't do it with the team. And yeah, having some guidance and some tutelage perhaps from the coaching staff on what they could be doing in order to at least be productive during this time off and preparing themselves for the season without over-preparing, just kind of doing the stuff that they would normally be doing if they were in camp this time of the year, even if they're going to have to repeat these actions when they do eventually get to camp. It's just important for these guys to get ready for the season. It's a marathon not a sprint and they have to train for it as such. Right. So they can't, that that's the weird thing about baseball in general. Uh, And I was going to ask you this, isn't this always historically known as camp and then spring training is the actual games that are played or is camp technically part of spring training? I only ask because I've seen so many headlines that I feel are a bit misleading when they're telling, you know, people who don't really understand what's going on that spring training was supposed to start this week. So there are so many people to, that are coming up and asking me 
or tweeting to me about like the games actually being this week when we would still we still have another 10 days before the Arizona Diamondbacks would have their first game of spring training against the Colorado Rockies. Sure. In one sense, it's probably semantics because that game on February 26th against the Colorado Rockies is also not going to happen, but, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know the official answer to that. My, uh, the way that I've always thought of spring training is certainly just that, you know, it's kind of all lumped together. You report to spring training, um, and you play games in spring training and it's kind of all just one big event that happens in, in February and March. So I, I think those headlines could make sense, but I think you're right that, when most people think of spring training, they think of the games, right? Like when, when we say spring training, that's what people are, are thinking about. So I'm sure there are many people that are being misled by, by those headlines, thinking that the schedule was actually going to have games happening this week when that, right. of course, is not the case. Right. Well, here is where we are at on the lockout. Uh, we had no news until about three or four hours ago from recording this. We're recording this on Wednesday night. This show is going to be... Uh, Thursday show obviously you're listening to this on Thursday and today on Thursday uh, sorry to confuse you there with that that all that whole semantics but on Thursday uh, the players union does have their sixth negotiating session in these 78 days of the MLB lockout with the Major League Baseball owners Um, the meeting is set to start around 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow in New York and it is the players offering up their counter proposal. Now it will be interesting to see if what we what we see from the players is them taking more you know steps forward towards you know the the owner side and and maybe how big those steps are, maybe how much they're conceding. I felt like this whole time that was going to be the end result is we were going to see the players concede on on many of the issues they're bringing up, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what this new proposal uh, is is has has and where they where they stand see how far apart they still stand it's gonna be pretty far Derek I'm gonna make a bold prediction it's gonna be pretty far <laughs> um yeah I mean I think the the players will probably concede uh, on on a couple of items and uh you know the numbers will get a little bit closer but I I don't think we're gonna make a whole lot of a whole lot of progress and of course that's not really the the fault of the players I think we We've all talked at length about how that falls primarily on the owners, we think, for for why that's the situation. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the players are going to come out and, and concede a whole bunch of things on uh, on Friday and, and, and North should they. Right. I mean, that's um, that's sort of just this this situation and, and where we're at with this whole thing is the owners. Uh, they're the ones who who probably need to take the bigger step here in, in getting this whole thing done. Uh, what the players are asking is really not unreasonable. And the owners, it's really on them to to concede on, on that front, at least probably more so than it's on the players, regardless of what Jim Bowden writes over the athletic. I know there was a, a very interesting piece that he wrote that came out on Wednesday that um, that <laughs> drove all sorts of interesting, interesting traction on on Twitter. Uh, people were up in arms about it and, and rightfully so. Right. Jim Bowden was a, a major league general manager himself. Uh, we talked about him wanting to trade Cattell Marte, uh, you know, about a week ago anyway. So are we really surprised to see uh, something like this come out of Jim Bowden's mouth? No, I believe Jim Bowden was wrapped up in scandals in his time in Major League Baseball. 
right? Uh, or at least towards the end, there was a little bit there about, um, you know, shelling out money um, and actually kind of uh, maybe stealing a little bit of money there from uh, minor league or uh, players in the Caribbean. Uh, but that's a whole other thing. I'm not going to even get wrapped up. Wow, I was I was unaware of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on why Jim Bowden is no longer a GM uh, of the league and why he resigned from the Nationals. But uh, interestingly enough, he was also the youngest GM in MLB history at one point. I'm not sure. I don't think that still stands, but he was at one point. So, um, I mean, I guess he has a perspective here and being a GM and being in the position that he's been for the majority of the years, um, he's shown a track record to not care about the players, right? Which is the problem here. It truly is the problem. I was on the Phoenix sports podcast today. And the one point I tried my hardest to get across is you're not only killing the game from a fan perspective, which I think everybody can agree on that, that it's making it harder and harder to like this game as a fan with all of this stuff going on. But what you're really doing is you're killing this game from the talent that we could be having in this league that as a young person uh, shouldn't absolutely should not choose to play baseball. And that sucks, right? Because there's a lot of people that love playing baseball. They love baseball. But realistically, when you look at the career path of a young person playing baseball in the minor leagues versus what you could have playing any other sport, including hockey, including hockey, and I'm not knocking hockey, but again, we discussed how <laughs> even the minor league system in hockey compensates its players much better than the, than the minor league system in baseball, right? And I mean, I... I I get everything that everybody could say, you know, I bring up the housing and it really kind of makes sense as to why they're trying to save money everywhere else that they can, because they need to now afford housing. Really what they want at the end of the day is they want to find a way to save all the money they're going to spend on housing by stealing it away from other places so that it's a wash. And realistically that ain't going to happen. Housing is going to be expensive. I don't know if you've checked the housing market, unless you're sticking uh, your entire minor league system and some sort of rundown hotel that you buy or some shit like that, it's going to cost you some money and it's not going to be a wash, right? So yeah. really that's what's happening here. Baseball is trying to maintain a certain level as a business and businesses do this. If they have to take on a cost now due to some reason or another, they'll try to reduce costs elsewhere so that they can even out that cost that now that they have to pay additionally. Uh, but what we're talking about is, is is your your players, which is the backbone of your of your entire game of this entire thing, right? So it just it's crazy to me to not want to invest more in your young players. It's crazy to me not to not want to take care of them. It's crazy that it's like across the board. Like, okay, you know, some teams might have a shitty farm farm system because they don't take care of their players, but others do, where they're like driving nice cars and ca eating caviar and all that. Nope, ain't happening. They're all making between $12,000 and $15,000 a year, and most I, of them need to have side jobs in order for them to afford living a reasonable life, even as a professional athlete. I do think that you're – I think that is mostly the case, but I, I did see it. I'm trying to remember who this was. I think it was from Mark Appel, um, who is a – a uh, high-end draft pick from a number of years ago. He was a pitcher. He was in the minors for a long time. 
Uh, he put out a Twitter thread recently, kind of similar to Matt Tabor's. Uh, we talked about that the other day. Matt Tabor, of course, being a prospect in the Diamondbacks organization. Uh, but Mark, kind of along the same lines, was just tweeting about his experience as a minor leaguer. And he did say at the beginning of, of his thread that there are teams out there that really do care about this and are really trying very hard to to make you know living situations for their minor leaguers better. Um, right. That said, I I think you're you're probably uh, knocking it out of the park that you know uh, the execution of that is is probably more in question. But I do know that there are some like it's not like every single organization in baseball is uh, you know an an equal offender when it comes to this. I think there are probably a few that that do care and have probably done maybe okay in, in this department. It's just something that we need to see a lot more of. Yeah, no, and that's good to hear. because It's encouraging because otherwise yeah. it's it's just one of those things that I can't, that I keep coming back to, right? Like, because I love baseball, but I also loved all sports when I was a kid. Basketball to me was king because basketball was the game I could play. You know, I was sure a, a, a young a young man, and I was uh, my parents were getting divorced. There wasn't a lot of money to go around. You know, you can't. I had a friend that played hockey, and I've talked about it on this show. But hockey's a crazy expensive sport to play. It's just the equipment alone, ice time, anything. If you want to actually play ice hockey, it's very expensive. Uh, and I th- I think that goes no matter where you live. I think it's more accessible in parts of the, you know, North Midwest and things like that, Minnesota and whatnot. But still, I imagine it's much, much more expensive than buying a $20, you know, Wilson basketball and some, and having some sneakers and, you yeah, know, basketball is just so easy, man. It is, it's just know. so easy. And baseball, in some ways, the equipment isn't expensive, but it like, you gotta get nine players, like in order to actually have sure. a viable team. Well, like, and then okay, you gotta like, get I, nine I, other players for the other team. It's very hard. I used to get uh, like I bought, you know, a, a, a thing of balls because I was playing baseball when I was young and I went, you know, out. I'd go out and, you know, do the tossing it up and trying to hit it kind of thing, at least to get some practice when I didn't have anybody. But you're right. Like if you don't have another person, like I'd have a couple of friends that played baseball, but I didn't have a lot of friends that even had interest in baseball. Basketball was king again, because here in Phoenix, we had a team. We had somebody that we sure watched on tv and had heroes we looked up to we had inspiration so it was like you know going out and doing do, <laughs> doing the kj to barkley thing with your friends and all that like that that was what i remember doing with my friends but i don't remember many of my friends having much interest in baseball you know again we didn't have it really here locally aside from spring training so i just don't think the interest was there right now things are different but again i i just can't imagine even if you had a choice of what to play, even if you played all these sports in high school that like you start growing, you know, you start growing up and you start looking at things and going, nah, I don't know. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was heavily discouraged from going into journalism by my parents, by people I knew like, Oh yeah. But it's what Every, I everyone do, is pretty much. Right? Yeah. You know, and it's it, like, thank God that I pursued it and I, even though I had some rough patches, even though I didn't do it the conventional way that I found a way to still be here, you know, and, and that was the thing was journalism to me, writing, uh, doing a lot of things that I did early on, it, it kind of came naturally. So it was something I enjoyed doing. I was just told, you know, there's not money in it and that there's a lot of people that want to do it. So it's a job market that's, you know, kind of oversaturated. 
uh, it's still something I pursued. Even when I got a job doing something completely different, I still had my side hustle, right? And that was still always somehow connected to journalism. I can understand a lot of people hearing that minor league players have to have two jobs and they might say like, well, one of those jobs is playing baseball. So, right. And I get that, right. It's just, it's a sad existence considering that most of these kids are drafted out of uh, high school. They're kind of made to make a decision whether they want to go be part of this team or do they want to go off to college? Maybe have a fallback plan, maybe, major in something else that they have an interest in so that they can maybe get a degree besides just relying on baseball. But so many athletes, you know, their ultimate goal is to be drafted and go to a professional organization. It would be yeah. so hard as a young man to turn that down unless you had that solid, like desire to go to Vanderbilt or a big school. That was a baseball school, even here locally, ASU has been a great baseball school. Willie Bloomquist is the coach. So it's like, I can understand people wanting to go, over there as well, you know, locally, but yeah. at the same time, how hard is it as a high school player to turn down the fact that you just got drafted by the Tampa Bay Rays or, you know, the Yankees or something like that. And now that's your, your path until you quickly realize how it's not all it's cracked up to be. It really is a, a problem that baseball faces, right. And, and baseball faces a lot of problems. Uh, let's, let's be real here. Um, <laughs> so many where do we start yeah where do we start but uh but yeah no that is that is arguably the biggest one that baseball faces is is how do we get young people interested in this game interested in you know pursuing this game uh with the same kind of enthusiasm that we see young people pursuing the other major sports here in america and and it's it's hard for for baseball to to line up with that um I do think that in, in some respects, it, it's really kind of weird because like the number of big time paying Major League Baseball jobs is actually pretty similar with the number of big time paying uh, jobs in the NBA or I guess the, the NFL, maybe less so. Obviously, there's there's just so many NFL players uh, because of how big all of the teams are. But think about it. I mean, you've got 30 teams and you've got 26 players on the active roster uh, all making uh, obviously that's one of the, the major points of contention right now is what is the minimum salary going to be in baseball, but they're all making at least about five or 600 K uh, per year, which is pretty significant. Right. Um, and I think if you compare that with the NBA, the number of like big time paying jobs, you know, for every LeBron James in the NBA, there's, you know, a Fernando Tatis who just signed, you know, a nearly $400 million contract. So there is some connecting points. It's just the path to get there that is so messy, uh, like you're talking about. In the yeah. NBA, you kind of either make it or you don't out of college. Uh, you're either going to get drafted and be a star or you're not, and you're probably not. <laughs> you're just going to find out a lot sooner. Or, whereas... or you know, there's, the, there's, the, there's the D League. I don't know if they still have the D League, right? But they still have had the like – G- I think it's called the, the, G, the League. G League yeah. now. Yeah, the Suns okay. don't have a G League team. They right. somehow – Somehow you're not like required. Yeah. 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 It used to be up in Prescott Valley, but in the NBA, you're, you're not required to have a G league team. It's kind of weird how the, how the rules work, but we, I mean, it was always pretty rare for a D league or now G league player to make a significant contribution to an NBA team. Sure. So that would be happens that, that would kind of be considered the same kind of pool that everybody else that isn't like top prospects would be in. Right. Yeah. A lot of those guys in in baseball. So 
and and that I guess that's kind of the thought process probably with MLB is how, how many how many people do we employ that we kind of know are never going to make the majors, and it's a lot, right? And yeah, the the but the but the flip side of it is that they don't you know they don't want to miss they don't want to miss that one diamond in the rough that they that they might miss because they thought he wasn't going to be good enough and then he develops into a, a a major league ball player right so i i don't know i think that the owners uh there's there's some things that if you if if you really uh take the disney villain aspect out of it like business wise yeah it makes sense right and again it, it's really about caring about the people right there's there's times though where industries have to go through this and they have to reduce down and not be as big. And I think that's what we might be seeing with baseball is, is the, the ramifications of having to take care of the minor league players is that there's going to be less of them. That's yeah. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Obviously we've, we've heard about major league baseball wanting to continue to shrink the size of minor league baseball uh, it's already shrunk significantly over the last few years, but that process seems to uh, seems to be something that they want to continue. And we'll see if the players are are willing to allow that to happen. Uh, I was listening to my friend Megaran's new album, Live 95 today, uh, and it is uh, by far I've just realized like it's one thing I, I get. It. He's my friend, so I'm always going to be on the hype train for him. That's, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> we do but, love Mega Ran around but, here. But he wrote I'll, the Mailbag uh, Monday song. That's people. right. I mean, the what, Mailbag more, song, what greater apparently... accomplishment could a musician right, possibly definitely. have? We also, we've also been blasting the Mega, uh, the Mailbag Monday song way too loud, and I apologize for that, so we will be <laughs> dialing it back some. But uh, it was, it's just a, it's a beautiful album, and it just is like this love letter to basketball. So when we're, even when we're talking about, uh, you know, like being kids and stuff, uh, there's such this wonderful description in so many of his songs about like, you know, being kids playing basketball, what basketball meant to us as a kid and such. And, you know, I know baseball means that much to some people. And that's the reason why some of them fall in love with it and want to do it forever. You know, like I said, basketball was my thing, but, you know, football, hockey, baseball, we all we all have our thing. A lot of kids are lucky enough to be athletic enough to play multiple sports. Uh, basketball was the only thing I really had success with. And it's mostly because, uh, I'm, I'm kind of an immovable object at times, especially, uh, when I was a heavy kid in junior high and high school, but, uh, that's a whole other story for a whole other time. I will say that, uh, regardless of what the sport is that you love, I get falling in love with it and wanting to do it. And I think that's where we're at with baseball, but I just don't think baseball any longer is an alluring option for a young athlete who's deciding on what sport they're going to play. And I, th I think we're going to continue to see that, but I will tell you what's an alluring option is of course, using our code of PHNX over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we talked about basketball, go listen to Mega Rand's album live 95 while making bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, new customers right now. Uh, there's a deal too good to pass up. They want me, they want me to say that I'm talking about the, between the legs 360 windmill good kind of good but i'm talking about the like you're on fire taking it spinning a ridiculous amount of times while the ball has flame shooting out of it and slamming it in your opponent's face in a two-on-two -two basketball game on nba jam good that's how good this deal is new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get 150 dollars in free bets if 
your team wins. It's that simple. Uh, existing customers can get in on the action with same game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. Of course, the more legs you add, uh, the more money you can win. As Jesse and I discussed, never doubt CP3. I did that. And of course, that's why I lost. But luckily, DraftKings has, uh, If you got to keep your eye out for all the great promotions that DraftKings Sportsbook has uh, because they had a $10 uh, risk-free same-game parlay last night, which is what I got in on during the Suns game. So even though I lost, I got a $10 free bet back. What more can you ask for, right? Risk-free. I went big. That's why I, I added all those legs because I wanted to win more money. And of course, you can do that. If you lose, you get the $10 free bet. Then you, you go, go crazy again with the $10 free bet. No matter what you're betting, you got to remember that DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. It's it's the, Their review system is almost instantaneous. Uh, but download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code of PHNX. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PHNX at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over only, Arizona only, gambling problem, dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And I'll tell you who has plenty, or at least who's going to have plenty of money, uh, Jesse, to bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook or wherever he wants to do with his money. Tuan Soto, who we are finding out today, uh, declined a pretty big deal right before the lockout happened. 13 years, $350 million. 13 years. Can you imagine any job? Can you imagine PHNX locking us in for 13 years, Jesse? I can't. I'd go nuts. They'd fire me in year one because I'd lose my mind. (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't be showing up to meetings. I'd never wear pants. I mean, I'd be fired immediately. That's the way it would go. 13 years. I couldn't imagine having a job uh, guaranteed work for 13 years, no matter how good or bad you're performing. What's crazy is it's hard to blame Juan Soto for turning this deal down. Uh, 13 right. years, $350 million. Uh, it's less than $30 million a year, right? $30 million a year would have been three ninety. This is $40 million uh, below that, so about $3 million per year below that. So we're looking at around $27 million per year. And Juan Soto, I mean, I don't know if there's a more valuable asset in the game right now. Um, he is just so good and has been so good from the pretty much the moment that he came in this league that he can ask for pretty much whatever he wants and uh, good on the nationals for, you know, coming out and giving him a serious offer. Like that's definitely not an insulting offer by any stretch of the imagination, but on the open market, Juan Soto probably does a little bit better than that. And so it kind of makes sense. He's, he's going to wait this out and, and see, you know, see how things turn out for him. Again, Jeff Passan, our friend over at ESPN, giving us some great information, um, is suggesting that Juan Soto could end up being the first $500 million contract in American professional team sports. He'll be 26 years old. There's already a $43 million a year player in his former teammate, Max Scherzer. And if he stays healthy and productive, it's very realistic. Uh, He also adds in that even though people, I'm guessing, uh, Jeff Passan has, people are ruining Jeff Passan. Um, they're starting to break him during this lockout because he's had to he's had to set a lot of things straight for people that don't quite understand. Um, he reminds everybody that football contracts are not guaranteed and baseball contracts are. Patrick Mahomes' $503 million deal 
might as well be a bunch of one-year contracts that add up to $503 million. Uh, NFL and NBA deals don't compare, basically, is what he's saying here. Uh, by the way, Jeff also had to uh, <laughs> drag someone, apparently, for kind of putting down Juan Soto for turning down this deal, right? And again, I get why people do this, because to those of us that are normal, regular uh, human beings that don't have some superb talent in a sport or something that would pay us this ridiculous mountain of money, we 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 can't even understand why someone would turn down three hundred and fifty million dollars. Right, that right. doesn't even compute, right? But like you said, Jesse, you broke it down. He knows his worth. He knows his market value, and they're really trying to lock him into that big amount of money at thirteen years because it's thirteen years. They get to keep him basically forever. But the majority of his career, he will retire a national, just like Ryan Zimmerman just did, right? I mean, he last year, Derek, he walked 145 times and only Jeez. struck out 93. Christ. Like that is completely oh unheard of. And the, I mean, he just turned 23 years old after the season ended. Like he's insane. I mean, he is he is not only, you know, going to hit free agency at the ridiculously young age of 26, but he's also quite possibly the best position player in the game. Are one of the top three position players in the game. If you hit free agency that young and you're that good, there's no reason to take 27 million a year. We all know the best players in this game make more than that, and and there's really no reason that he shouldn't try for that. He also happens to be represented by the one and only Scott Boris, which hey. basically means he's not allowed to accept a contract <laughs> extension with his current team. So, uh, not surprised at all to to hear about this. Yeah, so it looks like um, people are trying their best to kind of drag Juan Soto for not taking, um, you know, like breaking this one guy broke it down to it being uh, $166,000 a game, $41.5,000. Sure. At, yeah, people at, are going to do that breakdown. At, and, and it is yeah. insane. It is insane. But I mean, he's worth what the market says he's worth. Right. And you can't fault yes. him for trying to take less than that. I, you know, honestly, trying it's to kinda... get more than that is what I'm trying to say here. Here's where that discussion comes into my mind, just in regards to, uh, do you want to make money and not care about winning? Like I get how much championships mean to these guys. I get how much they all want their respective championship world series, super bowl, whatever. But really at the end of the day, if you made all the money you possibly could, but never won a championship, didn't you still win? Isn't that the point? I mean, I get it. I get the aspect, especially like maybe later in your career when you've already made a boatload of money, maybe wanting to latch onto a team that you can contribute to. And you could also win the championship or whatever, but Really, I mean, that's a ring and some notoriety and, you know, history a bit. But, I mean, money, right? Like, I don't know. There's something about uh, some players that take less than that what they could have to join some, like, super team that wouldn't have been able to afford them otherwise. That just makes me feel like you literally got played by the idea of a trophy that you all share and some rings that you could have easily bought yourself a nicer one of with all that extra money you would have made going elsewhere. I don't know. I mean, that I think that's where maybe integrity comes into play, which I have absolutely none of, obviously. Uh, maybe that's where, you know, you're 
just wanting to to have a legacy or something comes into play. I, I don't know. I, I just think at the end of the day that every single player should be trying to get absolutely as much money, and that should be the name of the game for them. These yeah. guys, baseball players, luckily have a longer career, but sports tomorrow isn't promised. Next season isn't promised. Nothing is promised for these guys, and you never know when your abilities are going to start to diminish or just be gone altogether due to injuries or whatever. So get that money, man, get that money. Uh, I don't know. That's all I can say. That's my, that's, that's my uh, best advice. And you can get I do, more. I do understand that people are having a hard time empathizing though, with a guy who just turned down $350 million. Sure. No, like I it, totally it's get fair. <laughs> I, I, I can't empathize with him at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying he's making the smart move, right? Yeah. Yeah. He can get more than I understand him turning it down. I understand him wanting to field offers at least before this, because it's not like, it's not like that offer is going to go down. Now people know what the baseline is for him and know that that's unacceptable. So they know they're going to have to offer him less years, uh, you know, more, more per year, that kind of thing, or just more money altogether. Um, but like Passon said, there's a good chance he could be the first half a million or half a billion dollar. Yeah, you're gonna have to add a few zeros contract. there, Derek. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, half a million. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you can read more thoughts like this and get all of our ideas uh, by coming over to gophnx.com and becoming a member. I want to give a shout out to our our pals over at the Phoenix Rising podcast. They've been doing a great job uh, as our new show here. Uh, some great content that you can read over there on the rising makes me jealous. Uh, I wish we had a team uh, to cover uh, coaches, to talk to athletes, to interview. We have none of that over here, but soon, soon we'll be out there at minor league camp, but definitely check out what the rising are doing because there's guys are doing an outstanding job. Also everybody over at gophnx.com. So sign up to become a member. If you aren't a member already, uh, you can get the annual membership, which will get you one of our free, amazing, soft, incredible, well-fitting t-shirts over at phnx locker.com uh and if you're not interested in the annual membership sign up to get a month-to-month -month membership your first month will be just 50 cents you can cancel after that if you'd like to and you're not interested but hopefully you will be hopefully you'll enjoy the content and you'll stick around um you know we're we we've we've been in the middle of some stuff some some, some news we broke you know uh craig morgan constantly breaks our website uh with all of his news especially on this new very small uh, coyotes arena that they'll be sharing with asu so make sure to not miss any of the great content over at our website uh, and also get in on our members only discord where jesse and i are always soliciting ideas from you for our show so we don't have to work as hard tell us what you want us to talk about and we'd be happy to do so over at our members only discord uh, and also don't forget if you sign up to become a member you'll get members only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com that way you can maybe pile on with your free t-shirt get yourself some sticker packs some wonderful uh, shirts, brand new. Again, Phoenix Rising shirt just dropped. They just shipped them out. They look really, really great. So uh, make sure to check out that content. Uh, also, brand new Phoenix Sun shirt with the, the point god on it, our, our uh, Lord and Savior, Chris Paul, CP3. So don't miss any of that stuff over at phnxlocker.com. Uh, Jesse, we got some projections finally coming out for the 2022 season, which at least gives me some hope. Um, we have, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know what you called these over at fan graphs. Yeah. Zip, these are the, these projections. are the zips projections. Yeah. This is, this is Dan Zimborski's thing, which we've, we've already enjoyed Dan's yes, Dan's the, uh, Yeah. The neural network has, has really, uh, uh, we've had a lot of fun with that in previous shows, but, 
Uh, but yeah, Zips projections. This is a, a projection system that he built, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. It spits out numbers about how uh, Diamondbacks players are going to perform in, in 2022. You have to take these numbers with a grain of salt. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of names here that you won't recognize that Zips has playing like basically the entire season. So, um, you know, Renee Alec Martinez Thomas. is 81 games. Yes, uh, Cam uh, Corsi yeah. is 87. Stone Garrett playing 114. I are don't these think... creative, are these creative players? No, these <laughs> are real human beings, right? Yeah, no, these are not from the generated? neural network. These are, okay. these are real players, but, uh, but yeah, Zips is is uh, able to say it takes some liberties in terms of how many games each of these guys will play. Uh, but what you want to look for is, you know, the names that we that we recognize. So off the bat, Cattell Marte, Derek, we've got a 290 batting average, 348 on base, 485 slugging percentage. That's an OPS of 833, 17 homers, 3.4 wins above replacement. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> 17 home runs, 61 RBI. I mean, I guess like it's 130 the, games, 130 games. So, and I feel like this is based a bit off of his proje- production last year, which he was, you know, injured and then un- and then fine, you know, injured and then back and then injured again and back. So, I, I just don't know because, again, as we all know, Cattell Marte hits 320. We all know that. That's what he does. Yeah, he, this he is- hits 320. 319, 322, whatever. It doesn't matter. In the ballpark of 320, 290. I don't like that. That's way, it's way too off for me, Jesse. It is. I, I am, I'm with you. I think that is probably a uh, low balling him a little bit. Um, other names that stick out here Dalton Varsho's projection is very, very close to what he did last year. So for some reason, Zips is basically projecting Dalton Varsho to stay the same guy 251, 319, 433 slash line. That's a 753 OPS, 1.8 wins above replacement over 112 games. So, uh, yeah, very, very similar numbers to to what we saw last year. I also think they're probably a little bit too low on him. I'm surprised here to see a couple of names on this list so high as far as production production goes. Uh, they have Buddy Kennedy starting uh, or playing in 105 games. Yeah. Batting 261, which is awesome. Love me some Buddy Kennedy with a 769 OPS. So would love to see that. Um, just don't know how likely that is. They also have Josh Van Meter having a uh, 1.1 uh, war. And I just, I don't know where, I, I don't know how. I don't know how. Give me, how many defensive runs saved did he have? That's what I want to know. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is heavily dependent on what position he plays because I, I don't think he's a third baseman. And uh, of course, Zips is trying to to deal with the fact that the Diamondbacks don't really have a major league third baseman on right. the roster so it's, currently. It's, plug, it's <laughs> plugging in these guys from the minor league system wherever it can as far as trying to figure out who, if this team did not pick up another single free agent at this point, who would they, right. uh, who, who would play and how often would they play? But like you you pointed out before we got on air, uh, they have Perdomo playing 102 games and Nick Ahmed playing 137 games. How? Where? Why? I mean, I guess he could, <laughs> you know, he could come in late for him or whatever, or pinch pinch run or whatever, a bunch maybe. I don't know, but that doesn't seem. Um, yeah, yeah, you seem really quite right. You can't really read too far into how many <laughs> games everyone's playing. Uh, Jordan Luplo. 770 OPS. That's actually the that's the second best on the team behind Cattell Marte. Yeah. Uh, from these numbers, which is yeah. which is interesting. I assume they, you know, it projects him to play 90 games. Zips is probably projecting that he will be sort of a platoon player like he was in Tampa, where he faces lefties a lot, but doesn't really face righties. So 
that would kind of make sense that his projection would be a little bit better if uh, if he's uh, used as a platoon player, which he probably will be. I mean, Jordan Luplo historically has not played well, uh, has not hit well uh, against same-handed pitching. So uh, that's not a totally outrageous thing to predict for him. On the pitching side, I don't like what I see, Jesse. Don't like it one bit. It's all pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to get excited about here. They have uh, in the entire pitching staff, from what I see, I see Mitchell Stumpo as the only pitcher with a sub four ERA. Oh wait, Mark Melanson, uh, Melanson. Sorry, you know how I can't say his name. Mark Melanson. <laughs> uh, he has what? Uh, three sixty. Yeah, three sixty ERA. 3. Yeah. 3.75. Dude, this is not. This doesn't look good. Like, and I'm not. I'm not even saying they're off here, but wow, there is a lot of four point something ERAs on this list. They even have Zach Gallon. They have Zach Gallon at 405. 4.05. Um, yeah, and a 1 1.8 war season over 25 starts. That would be and and he wasn't that great last year. I mean, we do have to be fair and say that sure. that is roughly what Zach Gallon was a year ago. I think we're all expecting him to to turn things around. 430 was his ERA last year, 1.5 war in 23 starts. So that is basically what he was last year, but I think we all expect him to improve uh, here this season. But projections can't take uh, the projections can't go up without something to show them that they're going to go up. Right at this point, these yeah. are projections because there's no additional information about uh, these guys or what they're going to do this season, and it's yeah. also based on what they did last year heavily. And last year was the worst season for this team historically, probably. The a really bad season for a lot of guys on this team as well, if not their worst season, probably one of their worst, if not, you know, at least a, a, a very bad season for them. So I, I get these projections not being great. And I don't imagine we're going to see good projections. I don't imagine we're going to see a lot of people pick them to win more than 70 games, you know? No. And, yeah. and none of that surprises me. But the the beautiful part about this at the end of the day is – none of it really matters until they get out there and start playing baseball. Right. Right. This team could very well be a completely different team than what we've seen uh, over the last year, over the last two years, to be honest, or year and a half, however you want to look at 2020. I just think that there's a definite possibility with uh, a few, you know, a, a few call-ups, maybe a free agent or two. I, I don't even think that, like I said, I threw all the money at the problem of fixing the Diamondbacks and and all it took for me to be satisfied was was picking up three free agents, right? That's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. They cost a lot. Those guys I chose would cost a lot, but it's just, you know, it just goes to show you that realistically they are three good, very good players away from turning around. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> uh, just imagine. I'm just You're saying, right, Derek. <laughs> just imagine. Just imagine a couple of the guys start performing at a level that we know that they're capable of. And I'm not talking about Cattell Marte. I'm talking about like the pitcher, Zach Gallen. Maybe Madison Bumgarner kind of has a renaissance where he can uh, return to form. Like there's things that could happen where all of a sudden this team shifts dramatically in the opposite direction without really needing this gigantic rebuild. Like, yeah, it's going to require some bodies. It's going to require some people to step up. And, yeah, it's going to probably require both guys from the minor league system. And, you know, honestly, as much as they probably don't want to do it, you know, some free agent moves. I don't – I still don't think the Diamondbacks are going to try to win next season, but I don't think they're going to try to lose. 
I don't think they're going <laughs> to. Let's, let's hope not. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't think that will, I don't see, I don't think we'll see the front office make those moves that try to make yeah. that team a big winner, but I still don't think that that doesn't mean we, we won't see a vast improvement uh, with this team. It just doesn't matter because they were so bad last year that even a vast improvement still might not even get you to 500. So yeah, that's, that's where we are. And where we are is we're going to hear later today. Uh, and on our live show tonight on Thursday, we will discuss what we hear back from the owners' meetings and uh, uh, with the players' counter proposal. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is it, is it Thursday. Meeting. Is it is it just is it today? Is it later today? By the time it is later today. Oh it's, wow! Uh, by the time I, miss, I misspoke it, earlier. It's it is okay. So we should have news on the live show then. We should well, have news on the live show. <laughs> news is a news is a generous term for what <laughs> we <would> probably have. <laughs> well said. Um, but we'll update you with whatever we hear, whatever we can find out. And uh, hopefully it's good news. Hopefully we're moving slowly but surely in the direction of spring training not being canceled and the season not being impacted. But we will be here tonight with that information. We thank you guys for joining us for this show. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Uh, Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. I say obviously because we don't mind if you follow us. In fact, We'd quite enjoy that if you did. We'd also enjoy it if you followed our show at PHNX underscore D-backs. If you haven't done so already, once we get to 2,000 uh, followers, we're doing another shirt giveaway. So make sure you hop on that as well. Uh, be one be one of the ones. Get, get down on free shirt. Uh, but none of that matters because what really matters is all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. And that is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure you're following us there. Make sure you jump over to YouTube and follow us on the PHNX sports YouTube channel. Uh, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any of the content coming out from the PHNX team. Also, if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, subscribe if you haven't done so already. And please, we implore you to leave us a five-star review. Uh, we thank you guys again so much for listening to the show. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when we can play baseball. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs> 